On the show this hour, do you have a child or grandchild who becomes totally different person when they're behind their game controller? I'm talking video games, folks, coming up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. A former Rutgers University student has been sentenced to 30 days in jail with three years probation and a $10,000 fine for spying on his gay roommate. Before the sentencing, Darun Ravi's mother, Sabitha Ravi, pleaded with the court to take mercy on her son who could have gotten 10 years in prison. He doesn't have any hatred, hatred. In his heart. Ravi was convicted of using a webcam to watch his roommate Tyler Clementi kiss another man. Days after the spying came to light, Clementi committed suicide. His father, Joseph Clementi, choked up during his victim impact statement. Mr. Ravi did these criminal acts because he saw my son as not deserving basic human decency. Both sides are considering appeals. I'm Julie Walker. A top NATO official is feeling good about Pakistan reopening its borders to accept aid. Pakistan closed the transit routes in November after a U.S. airstrike killed two dozen Pakistani soldiers. Talks over reopening them have stalled, but NATO Secretary General Anders Fogh Rasmussen is anticipating a breakthrough. I would expect a reopening of the transit routes uh, in the very near future. He says NATO will also need several other avenues for getting troops and equipment out of Afghanistan over over the coming years. It will be quite a logistical challenge. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. A Mississippi prison for illegal immigrants is still on lockdown after a riot that killed one of the guards. It's still not clear what started the riot at the privately run prison near Natchez, and authorities aren't revealing details of the guards' death. At least 19 other people were injured, three of them inmates. The Adams County Correctional Facility holds about 2,500 prisoners, low-security inmates, according to a Federal Bureau of Prisons spokesman. A spokesman for the company that owns the prison, Corrections Corporation of America, reports that nearly 12 hours after the riot began, all of the inmates were again secured in their housing units. I'm Rita Foley. The Olympic torch has gone out while en route to the 2012 London Games. The torch was attached to the side of the wheelchair of David Follett, a para-badminton player, when the flame went out. London Olympic organisers blame the incident on a malfunctioning burner. Such occurrences are fairly common and organisers always keep a mother flame in a protective lantern just in case. Follett, who was injured in a car accident, was given a replacement torch and the relay continued on its 8,000-mile trip around Britain and Ireland. Charles de Ledesma, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Good to be with you. I'm telling you. I'm Matt Townsend, by the way. I feel like I'm getting old. Is it a Monday? Because it's kicking me. Uh, Today on the show, I think it's all my video gaming over the weekend. We're going to be talking about video games, the negative impact that these incredibly beneficial games can have, right? Because these video games do no good. They're horrible. They're going to make you turn into a crazy teenager, Well, apparently not. We're going to be reviewing some of the latest research. We're going to be diving in deep because as a kid growing up on video games, I pretty much thought I would be blind and never have a job in my life. And now I'm not blind. 
<laughs> and I have a great radio show. Thanks for joining us on BYU Radio, everybody. We, um, in this show, every single day, Monday through Friday, we try to give you tools, ideas for how to deal with the human factor, how to deal with being just a flat-out human, right? Try to figure out how to help you grow healthier relationships, a healthier life. There really seems to be no handbook, so on the show, we try to provide you tools, ideas, solutions. We bring in experts that can help us understand some of the things you and your family may be going through. And we do it every day of the week to help you with that. And if you want more information about the show, if you want to give us some ideas for specific things you'd love us to talk about, give us a call. Or uh, no, don't call us yet. Sorry, I can't give out my phone number yet. Give me uh, check me out on Facebook BYU Radio, or go to Twitter at BYU Radio, or email us BYU Radio at gmail dot com. You can just reference the Matt Townsend Show, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have specific topics or ideas that you would um, be interested in hearing more about. Now, on to the show. So here's the deal. I walk in. I have six children. Beautiful, wonderful, gifted children. I walk in yesterday, nice Sunday, you know, uh, Sunday afternoon, um, almost they're ready to enjoy the eclipse. And uh, my kids are all sitting around. I'm thinking, hey, maybe you guys ought to go outside or something. And they're like, nope, we're playing video games. And they were on my iPad and my iPhone playing Angry Birds, playing everything you can imagine, except not overly interested in the actual going outside and checking out an eclipse, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime event for some of us. And um, anyway, it started to make me wonder, holy cow, that is exactly what my mom and dad used to say. Because I got on them and I'd say, hey, you guys got to get out there. Your your eyes are going to go bad <laughs> or you're going to freeze the way your your face is right now when you're playing that video game and your mind's going to mush. Just stuff like that is what I thought, and that's what they told me, and now I try to tell it to my children. But my children are way too smart for that. And uh, I think I think a lot of us really have overplayed maybe the impact video games have. Now, I think if we get into the violent video games, well, there's probably a lot of data there. But I'm just talking about the simple ones, some of the ones that you know you've used to play. In fact, let me just play a few themes for you, and I want you to tell me if you can figure these out. I'm sure it's going to create a visceral reaction, though. Let's listen to the first one. That is it. That's got like a that's got a nice vibe. Does it bring back memories? Name that tune. Mario theme. You feel good about it? Okay, does that bring back memories? See, see, that messed you up, didn't it? Okay, I'm going to give you another one. This one's actually easier, but it might be harder to peg because this one you were probably listening to when you were at work. Nope, it's not from Fiddler on the Roof. That is the Tetris theme. Remember how that got you through three afternoons a week at work? You never could have survived your job if you had kept that. Now, this one's a new one. Let's see if you've got this one in your palette yet. <laughs> oh, they're the birds that are so happy. That's called Angry Birds, folks. And that bird just got shot through a wall, tipped over a cement block that then landed on another bird's head. Sure, a little violent, but they're just angry little birds. One of the most popular apps downloaded today. 
technology, all these video games, are they as bad as we make them out to be? Are they just the evilness that is here to just slowly destroy our lives? Apparently not. In our studio today, we're going to have a little live interview with one of our great producers. Bryce Tobin is here. Bryce, thanks for being on the show. Matt, thank you for having me. Now, people don't know this, but we mentioned Bryce quite a bit on the show. Bryce is um, our 16-year-old intern that is actually in college. We just call him 16 because he's cute and cuddly. But he has a very deep voice, so he throws it. Uh, he can't shave yet um, and uh, still rode his bike here. But Bryce knows video games better than anybody on earth. So, Bryce, is there a good side to all these video games, or should we still just give them up because our brain's going to mush? Well, if our brains were going to mush, they would have gone to mush a long time ago. That's a good point. Right. And you wouldn't be here as a 16-year-old No, I'd be mush. <laughs> You'd just be a big mush pile. So what's the advantage? Tell me where video games are serving us, because they seem to be just keeping my kids busy and uh, maybe out of my wife's hair. Are they serving any other purpose than just wasting time? Well, do you want one of your kids to be a doctor? Would you like at least one? Yes, I better, because their grandfather is, so yes. Okay. Uh, Well, video games are, are giving us better surgeons. What? Yes. So... There's a, That's what they say. I don't believe it. Oh, hold on. We've, we've heard it forever. Okay, we've we've yeah. heard that forever. But I have numbers, okay? Let's and, hear them. And numbers are real. Because <laughs> <laughs> they came from a real computer. Yeah, they did <laughs> from the real internet. That's great. Okay, so there's a procedure. It's called laparoscopic yeah, surgery. love it. Okay, really small incision. It's an abdominal surgery. Um, and they have to, it's called a keyhole surgery. So they cut a little hole in you, and then yes. they have to get in and do the surgery With thing. With their little tool things. With their little tool things. Lots of... You know, hand-eye yeah. coordination, dexterity, uh-huh. spatial I know somebody that had an organ removed this way. Oh, did you do a show about her? Yes. But, <laughs> no, that was, yeah, that was a different show. But, yes, this is someone different, but they took it through a keyhole. Yeah. Which means they had to cut out the organ, or I don't know how they got the organ it's, deflated. Instead of, like, cutting a huge hole in the person, yes. it's a little hole. Little hole. Um, so here's what we have. Here's the numbers, okay? Surgeons who played video games who reported that they had played video games as a kid, uh, they made 37% fewer errors. What? Okay, hold on. They performed 27% faster and 42% overall compared to their non-game playing peers. Wow. And they can do it eating Cheetos. Exactly. Which is not a bad deal. That's a crucial <laughs> so skill. So you find a Cheeto in your keyhole. I don't know, that right? might not be a bad thing. That could be bad. I put a lot of Cheetos in me. So, so you're telling me, so these video gamers, the kids grew up, that grew up playing video games are probably, I guess, more, have better de- dexterity and speed. That's interesting. And is speed what we should be counting in when surgery? It, when it comes to surgery, that's really important. Oh, because of anesthesia. Well, anesthesia, it just makes everything better. The, oh, my heaven. The shorter that you are opened up. Yeah. Generally good for people. Well, that might be a great question to ask then your doctor is, did you play video games? I think that's actually a great idea. That's interesting. See, but that's putting some of the older doctors out because they just have a disadvantage. Well, yeah, video games weren't around when they were kids, but that's what happens when you're old. Time to move on. Okay. Okay, What's another one? Uh, Military drones. You've heard of these, right? Yes. They're all on the news. Yeah. They're called UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles. Mm -hmm. Or WAVs. UAVs? Yeah. Wobs. Okay. I'm with you. It's like suave. 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 But, but not as smooth as me. No. Um, okay. They're they're kind of the new schnazzy thing uh, in military technology. Um, These you know, are saving lives because then you don't have to go into war. You exactly. You just send your drones in. Exactly. Um, in fact, I have a story about that in a second. Okay. I'm sorry to get ahead no, of you. No, it's fine. No, 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 no. You didn't even know about it. I didn't. Um, so 
Who's flying these things? They're the people who understand joysticks. Yes, that have been playing since Atari days. Since, since the very beginning. Um, these young punks. Exactly. Call of Duty. Yes. There's So uh, a friend of mine, uh, he did a few... Uh, a few terms, not terms, what is it? Um, turn, uh, rotations. Rotations. Anyway, he was in Iraq for a few years, wow. a few times. Um, did he do this? No, he did not. But so here's the story. He goes out uh, with his squad and they kind of get stuck in a town. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. They're just kind of separated from people. Um, they're running out of water. It's a desert, middle of summer. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Okay. So a few soldiers have been stuck with IVs to prevent dehydration and eventually it gets to a point where he says, okay, we could wait for someone to come get us or we could start heading out. We're going to die either way. Um, we had better just start walking and hope something good happens. They're about to head out. And this guy from Afghanistan, uh, he radios in and says, hey, guys, uh, I know you're in this town. Uh, you might want to chill out. And he asks, well, why exactly do you want me to chill out? He's like, well, uh, with my drone, I spotted a, a bunch of guys headed your way. So, Holy cow. So I'm going to go take care of them. Saved by the You drone. sit tight. And it's not even the, like the drones going in. They're just doing surveillance. Yeah, he just he just saw them. See, okay, I get that. See, and you get the parallel between games and, and, and drones. That makes sense. Yeah. Cutting someone open, that's kind of awkward. A little bit. When you show up and all there is is a big robot knife, it's just scary. It's uh, disconcerting. Okay, give me the last one. I know you've got one more that's really going to blow our minds. Okay. But you've only got a minute. I know, i got to hurry. Um, so diseases are no fun, right? No, I hate them. Okay. Uh, all living things are made of proteins. Okay. Everything, including the, dise- the diseases that we have. The, the way to, I guess, cure diseases is yeah. to understand these proteins. Right. Okay? When proteins are made, they're made in a chain, and then these chains fold in on themselves. And the hard part is unraveling these chains. How do you get rid of the chains? Right. Okay. Um, so there's this group. They're called Foldit, F-O-L-D-I-T. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have turned that into a game. They will create a 3D representation of these games or yes. these protein chains. Um, and unraveling them is very simple, Yeah, but it's just un- understanding the right way to do it. What they've done is they'll take these pictures of these chains, and they will get two people to play the Unravel the Protein game. Oh, interesting. So it's a puzzle game. Yeah. And they also turn into a competition. Uh, there's these... Like gamers. Like gamers. They pit them against each other, okay? Here's to solve a, a problem. To solve a problem, okay? There's these researchers. They were uh, working on an AIDS protein. They've spent about 10 years trying to figure it out. Yeah. This one, this one specific part of it. Um, they gave it to fold it. They gave the picture yeah. of this one protein. And they said, work on it for three weeks. Show us what you got. 10 days later, fold it says, hey, you know that protein? Yeah, yeah. we have it unfolded for you. And so they when they unfolded it, when they pos- or when they uh, published the paper, they also included all the gamers involved and in the as co-authors. Okay, so now check that out. So now we've got a bunch of crazy, lazy teenager gamers that are now in college, and now they're solving the, they're finding cures, they're, yeah, they're figuring out how to unfold the age gene. They're they're fixing us faster. They're saving our soldiers, and they're getting rid of diseases. Yes, but they're not listening to their mothers. Yeah, that's probably true. Just a point we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, isn't that interesting? So, listen, we could beat up gaming forever. Video games apparently are going to be around. Sure, our kids may not be paying the attention that they need to, but it's not all bad, folks. And on the Matt Townsend Show, when we come back after this break, we are going to be getting in deep and bringing on 
Dr. Sarah Coyne from Brigham Young University, who's done a study specifically on this and how to use uh, how to get better results out of your relationships when you're dealing with video games. That's the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Technology that helped us get a good look at Mars is now helping save lives here on Earth. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. NASA space technology is moving closer to home in hospitals and doctor's offices around the country. Initially designed to process images of Mars taken in space, Arteriovision software is now detecting heart disease in patients. Medical Technologies International patented the software in partnership with NASA. The Arteriovision test is an ultrasound imaging technology that can detect if a patient is at risk for heart disease. The painless and non-invasive procedure takes an ultrasound of the neck. The software measures the thickness of the first two layers of the carotid artery wall. Arteriovision testing is safe and relatively inexpensive, and it only takes about 15 to 20 minutes to complete. The test distinguishes between 256 different shades of gray to provide the most accurate resolution available for this type of testing. The procedure estimates the age of a patient's arteries. If the calculated age of the artery is much older than the patient's age, the patient is at risk for heart disease and can begin taking preventative measures. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Do you feel limited whenever you listen to the radio because you can't talk back? Well, now you can. Send us your questions or comments to byuradio at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to use social media, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at BYU Radio. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That's my little friend, Pac-Man. Oh, I grew up with that guy. And the girl. You may have dated her as well. Pac-Man and Pac-Woman. What they call her? Pac... I think it was Mrs. Pac-Man. Mrs. Pac-Man. Uh, good memories to that. Just uh, didn't have any friends. Just had Pac-Man. So that was a good time growing up. Um, we are going to be talking more about video games and the impact of video games. I think forever they're just thrown down as just waste of time, stupid, no good waste. And uh, we're not going to go there because we um, – We've got some experts in the studio today, and we're going to be talking to them. Before we do, we're going to have one of our crack reporters, Rob Sanders, our producer, give us a little bit of a view at this. Now, earlier, we chatted with Bryce, who explained kind of the good side of videos, if you want to call it that, playing video games. But I want to tell you, there is a dark side as well. Hopefully you don't have a 20 or 30-something-year-old son living in your basement. Oh, come on, Mom. None of my socks are clean previous generation called them hippies. You know, guys who spent all day in the basement doing something. Um, probably smoking. Of the season. Now, sure, the economy is certainly not helping, but I can't help but feel today's failure to launch crowd is also hooked on a drug. You know, addicted, that's 
A pretty strong word, but that would really best fit it. It's not an official addiction, at least yet. May's parents, Jim and Melody, watched their son change in the last year as he spent more time with his PS3 and less with them. But TV stations seem to have no problem scooping up victims for news stories. He'll take a break, maybe have a snack. And, and he's ready to go back and, and play more video games. Online games can be harder to resist than cigarettes and alcohol. Ryan Klinker is a recovering addict. Better part of two years, I want to say, I was just, you know, in this different world. And they frame those stories like ones of a recovering alcoholic or drug addict. Now, I saw it with my own college-age siblings. Some game called Skyrim came out. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Now, I'm not exactly sure what that all means, but for me, it meant my brother's computer was hooked up to the TV for weeks, and I was stuck watching my reruns of The Office on a tiny laptop screen. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which, as we all know, is completely ridiculous. Apparently, my little bro was quite good at the game, but months later, the good parts, like conquering empires and beating dragons, it's still all stuck inside some data file that never gets accessed on the computer anymore. But all the bad parts, like the time he missed at work, inconvenience for me and the rest of the roommates, the game-induced tempers, whoa, yeah, those were all too real. Now, thankfully, I've never met anyone who's lost their marbles over a video game quite like this German kid did. But people like this do exist, like this teenager whose rage caused his parents to cancel his online game subscription. Yeah, which led to even more rage. Kind of reminds you of a druggie during his first three minutes of intervention, doesn't it? But there are also quiet addictions, too. You've ever seen a coworker? you walk in their cubicle and they quickly click off a cheesy web-based video game? Those can get you fired. Especially if the taxpayers are the ones paying your salary. I know a city councilor in Bulgaria. Well, he got fired by his council a few years back for playing... Farm Bill! Which is best described as... It's just like being a real farmer, only without the benefits! You basically click on a farm and grow virtual crops. I don't quite get it. But 82 million people apparently do. Who knows how many of those play it at work and how many of those no longer get to go to work. Now, if games can negatively consume all of a person's free time, enrage their temper, and get them fired, I can't even begin to imagine what other damage it can do to romantic relationships or the damage to children, friends, and co-workers. That was Rob Sanders reporting. Uh, kind of the bad, the ugly side of video games and the potential problems that might come from that. We're going to bring in now Dr. Sarah Coyne, BYU Department of Family Life. She is a Ph.D. In, um, in, at the BYU Department of Family Life. But her, her, her specialty is pretty interesting when you think about it. Media violence, video games. In fact, you did some really neat thing about bonding with video games and parents and some, some great research. I want to get into that in, after the next break. But, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good to have you. Now, tell me, Phyllis, I mean, what are we missing? Fill us in here because forever we've been told it makes your brain soft. You're never going to get a job. There are some benefits to video games that apparently are now in- mm-hmm. influencing positively society. What, what should we be thinking? Is it a mess of violence creation or what is it? What are video games? Video games, it's hard to say. They're one specific type because there's all sorts of video games yeah, out there. Farmville. Farmville, Angry Birds. Yeah. 
um, games where you help each other out mm-hmm. and share games where you learn things, and then some really awful games. I yeah. mean, we'll talk about media violence, but there's some horrific games out there with some graphic intense violence, and there are sexual games. Um, I think in Japan there was a game released called Ray Play, oh. where the point of the game where was to go around raping women and their children. Oh, my word. So there are games for every single type of person yeah. out there, I think. And I, and I guess they're not all rated Equally, I mean, they don't even use the rating system. I'm assuming if you have a game called Rape Play, <laughs> yeah, that's that off was the not produced chart. <laughs> for general use. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of an internet only type game. So, so when you look at it and you study this whole world of video games, what what should we know? What are we over worried about? What do we need to worry about? All right, so I've been studying the media for over a decade, and I think that the thing that worries me most about the media mm-hmm. is video game addiction. I think we're seeing it more and more. Um, the research today suggests it's a real thing. Yeah. You actually can get addicted to video games. And I've got three little kids, and that's the thing that I worry about so much with video games. Because we don't even know it's out there. I mean, that, I guess that's the one that just sneaks in on us. Parents throw their kids down there, don't know they're playing video games. I mean, they know, but, like, what's the harm? But addiction? Yeah, like an actual physiological addiction. And, I mean, you think about what an addiction is. And it's a compulsion to keep playing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids feel like they have to keep playing. And a lot of these kids will develop withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. If they try to stop playing, they'll yeah. physically get the sweats and they have to just keep going. And they're lying to their friends and their family and trying to steal video games to play Holy more and more cow. and more. And so, I mean, they can be, uh, cause serious, serious problems um, with schoolwork and with health and with relationships. How do you know your kid is reaching the point of addiction? I mean, I guess those signs, if you see him, like that, the example of Rob's piece there where the, the brother's going crazy, that's a pretty big sign. Yeah. I mean, one of my colleagues once had a parent call her up and she said, you know, my child, who is, I think, 11 years old, is playing video games all day. And he's playing so much that he just goes to the bathroom in his pants and uh, he won't eat and he won't drink. Is that problematic? <laughs> and nah. We're thinking, it's pretty problematic. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do that something about that. Yeah, and, and she kind of, we, we told her that it was a big issue and she kind of said, oh, no, I don't think it is. And kids just ignored, will be kids. yeah, ignored everything we said. And oh, man. Went it's back a bigger deal life. than that, isn't it? And because it, yeah. it's a chemical. So tell us what happens to the brain or wherever, I guess the addiction's in the brain. Is that where the is that where the I mean it's it's not their thumbs have to keep playing. Their brain must be addicted to this. They need the chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I mean and not a lot of there's not a lot of great brain studies out there yeah. about video games as compared to other things like mm-hmm. porn or other substances, but it is something about the brain and having to need to get to that next level and having to kill that next boss yeah. and kind of the way the game is structured almost is compels you, to keep you yeah, going. to keep you hooked to keep you going. Interesting. And and we're sitting back thinking, ah, it's just a game. But there's been a lot of theory and research put behind the game just to keep you playing. Yeah. I mean, the video game producers specifically make it so yeah. you'll keep going and keep buying the next installment. Right. It's all about the money, isn't it? Well, and when you think about the money, I was just hearing some of the money. I mean, this, the money spent on these video game releases is bigger than the biggest blockbuster movies. Billions. Hundreds of yeah. yeah, hundreds of millions a launch. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of money. So um, when, when you sit and think, um, 
what do parents need to know about, I guess, the ugly side of it? I mean, they should be looking for their kids kind of vegging, doing it too much. Don't use it as a babysitting method. Yeah. How much time is appropriate? What is what is expected? What just shouldn't be happening? Guidelines. So, yeah, that's a great question. The uh, American Academy of Pediatrics recommends um, for kids about age you know, four and up, um, no more than two hours of screen time a day. Yeah. And that includes video game, television, television. DVDs, iPhones, computer, iPhones, yeah. iPads. Two, so, two hours. Two hours, yeah. And, and most kids, I mean, yeah. it's like 11 hours. No, right. So, Is it really? Uh-huh, yeah. So we're way off. We're way off, yeah. And, and there's more to it. I guess you just have to start. You, hey, that, that's so great to know. So listeners, two hours, not 11. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, they might get a half hour in the morning, 45 minutes when they get home from school. I mean, right there, you're at an hour and a half. That's This isn't going to cut it. Okay, Sarah Coyne's going to come back after this break from the Department of Family Life at Brigham Young University, expert in media violence, relational aggression, adolescence, and we are going to get in deep. We're going to pick her brain and figure out what should we have the, our kids doing instead. And is there a positive benefit to some of these video games? Is there a way to use the benefits of video games to actually bond you and bring you closer to people you love? That's next, folks, on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This will take a while. This is a bit of a survey course question. What is a historian? It may be an intro-level question, but I'm not sure there is a straightforward answer. It's almost... It's only worked out in the doing of it. There's a great quote by Bernard Balin. History is sometimes an art. It's never a science, but it's always a craft. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. President Obama and other NATO officials are finishing up a two-day summit with plans to finish the mission in Afghanistan and leave the Afghan forces in charge. A summit communique proclaims the two-year drawdown and handoff to Afghan forces irreversible. But NATO Secretary General Anders Fogh Rasmussen says that does not mean the alliance is abandoning Afghanistan. He says there'll be a follow-up training mission that will not just be the old one under a different name. It will be a new mission with a new role for NATO. But who will pick up the tab for the estimated $4 billion annual cost of that mission is a question Alliance leaders are still trying to answer. Mark Smith at the NATO Summit, Chicago. At least 90 soldiers have been killed in Yemen after a bomber attacked a military parade rehearsal. Yemen soldiers were rehearsing for a parade when a suicide bomber set off his explosives, killing dozens and wounding more than 100. The bomber was one of the soldiers. It's one of the bloodiest attacks in Yemen's capital in years. It's not clear who was responsible, but this comes during the first concerted effort by the Yemen government to drive al-Qaeda militants out of strongholds in the south. The U.S. is helping out with drone airstrikes. Mark Levy, Cairo. A new study has found that a less invasive procedure may be just as effective as a colonoscopy at detecting cancer. A colonoscopy looks at the entire colon and is the preferred screening method but requires uncomfortable preparation and some anesthesia. 
So, says study co-author Dr. Christine Berg of the National Cancer Institute, researchers wanted to see what would be the results from a sigmoidoscopy, which looks at the lower third of the colon. We're very pleased to report that it works well. Both for reducing the risk of colorectal cancer by 21% and cutting the risk of dying from it by 26%, a good alternative to the more extensive but pricey and unpleasant colonoscopy. The study was published by the New England Journal of Medicine. I'm David Melendi. With Memorial Day weekend coming up, travelers will be happy to hear gas prices are once again going down. Gas prices are heading downward, and people can thank crude oil prices that are now near $91 a barrel. If they do stay around this area, then we will very likely see another 5 to 10 cents drop. How low are gas prices? Oil industry analyst Trilby Lundberg. Gasoline prices fell again, this time 6 cents over the past two weeks to 3.78 on average. Lundberg says folks in the Midwest and South are showing the biggest smiles when they look at prices at the pump. From Greenville, South Carolina to Memphis, Tennessee, prices have dropped to 3.34 a gallon. The highest prices are in the Pacific Northwest and California. I'm Diane Kepley. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking with BYU professor Dr. Sarah Coyne, an expert in media violence, uh, relational aggression, adolescence, and by the way, has a 4.2 out of 5 quality rating on RateMyProfessor.com, <laughs> which is a really big deal, which means she's an incredibly good professor and the, and the students love her. But we are talking to, to Sarah, Dr. Coyne, about um, media and aggression. And it's not this violence. I think we get down on the video games because there's just inherent violence. It's the, it's the violent ones that scare us. But the violence isn't just in video games. The violence is in media overall, and that's having just, that's having the biggest impact, right? Yeah, I mean, when you look at a person's daily intake of violence, of media violence, if it includes video games, television, and movies, and music, uh, the combination of that has the greatest effects. I mean, it's – and we don't get it. Why is it? Because this news has been around. These aren't news studies. Mm-hmm. So the news has been out forever. We all kind of know we've got too much violence in our lives. Why is it that we as parents, grandparents, aren't doing something more? Why aren't we putting up a fuss? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the first media violence studies were published in 1960. Oh, my word. And violence just continues to increase in the media. Yeah. And our intake of it, it continues to increase. I think that people um, kind of feel like they're immune. It's yeah. called a personal fable. Um, but the idea that it affects everybody else, yeah. but not me. Yeah. Like somehow I'm immune um, when we know that's certainly not the case. Well, I've even seen it just on my iPhone. So I got this iPhone and my kids know more about the iPhone than I do. Mm-hmm. So I go look through my video game, the games on it, the, the apps, and one of my kids has bought a game, I can't remember what it's called, where you just drive your car around and drive people over. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess you can get out and shoot. But, uh-huh. um, and I'm like, What? But they don't quite get the impact of that. I mean, what is the impact? What's the impact of a 12-year-old, an adolescent, a teenager being seeing thousands of murders a day? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the end result? All right, let me tell you a great statistic that I heard a few years ago. So when you look at all the different studies about media violence and aggressive behavior, the effect is just as strong as the effect that smoking has on lung cancer. 
So in terms of the the, size. The parallel and the impact. Yeah. So they're about the same size. And I don't think that anyone would say that smoking doesn't influence lung cancer. Oh, for sure. But tons of people would say that media violence doesn't influence aggression, but they're actually about the same size of an effect. Um, and And the aggression then gets acted out on their partners as they grow up, their girlfriends as they're dating, their wives when they get married, their children. Yeah, I mean, there's a great 22-year um, longitudinal study out there that exposure to media violence around age eight predicts aggression 22 years later, Isn't that including crazy? criminal behavior. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no impact. <laughs> I mean, yeah. these parents are like, yeah, but our kids don't do that. Exactly. I think that's it. That's the personal fable. Is that what you call it? Yeah, that? little angelic Johnny would never yeah. do that, right? No, except I look on my iPhone and apparently it's me doing it because right. it's my app. Yeah, And exactly. um, I don't even know what the game is. That, uh, so when you think of when you think of it, that's kind of – that's an excellent term or the comparison between the, the smoking and the lung cancer. It, it's real. This isn't so, – so that's kind of the ultra vi, ultimate violent games and media – where is it sneaking in the most? Where do you see the violent media kind of best disguised? I don't know if it's best disguised. I think it's pretty overt. But I think today's video games are just full of them. Yeah. I mean, I was um, watching uh, John um, The Daily Show with yeah. John Stewart, and yeah. he had just showed a, f- a few clips of some of the more violent video games, and it made me want to throw up, like really? disemboweling yeah. Brain splatter. It's just really, really kind of disgusting, over the top kind of stuff. Right. Um, and that's a, it's common. You know, I think that it's like 98% of T rated games have violence, almost 100% of M rated, and even like E rated games, which yeah. are rated E for everyone, everyone. 60% of those have violence. Uh, so what would what constitutes violent? I mean, the eviscerations one thing, <laughs> yeah. Like, but the you know cartoons we all we all went through that, and that's the big argument. We all saw Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner, and all of those people chasing each other. But what's the what? Where's the line? Where do parents draw the line? Yeah, I think you have to be smart. I think that when the violence is excessive, when it's very graphic. Um, when it's very rewarded mm-hmm. and justified. Yeah, you get points for yeah. killing. You get a lot of points for being a lot of violence. Yeah. Um, First-person per, first shooter games, um, I think, scare me a little bit more than, like, Mario Brothers. Yeah. You know, you're both Yeah, where you're running them violent. off of the cart. Yeah, exactly. So any if they're it, so you'd kind of recommend if they didn't – no, no first-person per, shooter. If they're carrying a gun, a weapon, a laser – that's yeah. something we ought to watch out Especially for. Especially for younger kids. Now, do you think – okay, let's look into that. Does the violence – does it matter less if it's a college? So we're sitting here on a college campus. Yeah. And you have all these 20-somethings that want to be playing these video games. Is it just as detrimental to them? Do you know, I think um, there's a great study that shows that the long-term effects are greatest for young kids. Okay. But the short-term effects are greater or just as – um, large for college-age kids. And yeah. I, I've done a lot of studies with college-age kids where I'll bring them into the laboratory, have them play a violent video game or not, and see what happens. And what you happens? you get an effect, right? Yeah. They're more aggressive. They're much less likely to help out yeah. other people who are in trouble. So compassion drops. Mm-hmm. Empathy. Charity. Empathy yeah. drops. And aggression increases. And, and we did a really interesting study, not just physical aggression, but we found that relational aggression increased too. Interesting. So spreading a rumor about somebody, gossiping, backbiting, yeah. 
uh, excluding kind of, you know, that type of aggression also is influenced. Well, that's interesting, too, because it seems like that would eventually put you into a, a hole. You would then become kind of a social cha- socially challenged person. So now you're going to probably go play more video games because you're burning all your relationships. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I that's a big deal because it, it's a, kind of a cycle. Yeah, it definitely can be a cycle. Um, if you look at video game addiction we were talking about yeah. earlier, um, a lot of these these kids have social anxiety. Yeah. And so they have trouble talking to people, so they turn to video games, but it makes their social anxiety even worse. Right. And so you're right. It is this giant cycle. And how do they get out of it? Well, and especially when we as parents are just thinking, ah, boys will be boys. Exactly. Is there a difference between the girls play and the boys play online or on, on, in the media? Do they, do they go about it differently? Huge. I mean, huge, huge difference. Uh, boys play video games a lot more frequently than girls. I think okay. it's about an average of an hour and a half a day for boys, maybe 40 minutes for girls. Really? Mm-hmm. And boys are much, much more likely to seek out violent games. Interesting. Whereas girls will like things like Rock Band or yeah. Mario Kart. Yeah. And the boys like Halo or Call of Duty. Isn't that interesting? And um, I guess that's just wiring. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, mean, we're, I guess we're feeding our need. Yeah, boys kind of have a need for sensation seeking uh-huh. and so action. action. I mean, that's why action adventure films are so popular. Yeah, versus among... these relational, some of the relational games. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there are relational games out there. Yeah. Um, like The Sims, I guess, uh-huh. or like I saw um, Desperate Housewives, the video game. Oh, wow. Um, so I don't know what to think about that. Quite yeah, you yet. know, yeah, that might be that's that sounds more research like, for another day though. That, we're, that we'll do a whole we'll do a whole show <laughs> just on that. Yeah, um, interesting. When you think about the parents, what should we? What else should we be doing? What are the rules that you as a parent are going to set? So somebody that studied it all, mm-hmm. laid it. I mean, you know what you know. Yeah, you know more than all of us. What should we be doing? All right. So let me tell you. First of all, I think that media is just a hard subject for parents to deal with, and you're right. I know a lot on media. I teach a class on the media. Yeah. And I've got three little kids, and it's still hard. Yeah. And we, I still argue with my kids about it. They still try to push the limits. Yeah. And so even for me, it's a real difficult thing. Um, so there are three main things that parents can think to do in terms of media. So the first thing is called co-viewing or co-playing. And that's where you sit down and you play the game with your kid. Okay. Or you watch the movie with your kid. Um, but you're actively sitting down you're, and You're a doing partner. It. You're a participant. Yeah, exactly. And then the second one is called restrictive monitoring. And that is where um, I would suggest you sit down with your kids and talk to them about the media that they're taking. Um, and you make rules about it. So how, what do you feel is a good time limit? Um, what rules should we have about the media? And you kind of talk about it with your kid to set some. some you do good this rules. offline, not in the midst of the yeah, movie, not when it, it's coming not in. Not when it's on. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Good. And then the last one, and I think the most important one, is called active monitoring, and it's a discussion that you have with your kids to promote critical thinking about the media. So your kids playing Halo. All right. In real life, if people do that, what happens? When people oh, really yeah. have a gun and shoot uh-huh. somebody, what are the real-life consequences? And You're talk not it through. So they're getting the other side through. of the story. And that goes a long way. Into... That's the highest. You think that was the number one? The number one. Well, the, you, you, you were kind of saying that's one of the most important. That's is firm, the... I think that that's the very most important. Yeah. If you want to curb some of those negative media effects, uh-huh. um, a combination of those three, particularly active 
um, goes wonders, works wonders. It seems brilliant because you're kind of closing the loop. You're tying down all the loose ends that the the, the video games, for example, don't tie down. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the consequence for murdering somebody like that, Billy? Exactly. Uh, How about 50 to life or whatever? There's (laughs) a real consequence. That's uh, that. Where do you do that? Do you do that? You, maybe you go do a little co-viewing of their gaming and then go have an, a real meeting about it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do it before they mm-hmm. play or you can do it during or you can do it after. Um, but you got to do it. You have to do it. And you don't want to do it all the time because no. your kid's just going to think you're annoying if you're constantly yeah. talking to them. And then I guess just full-on restrict. Some like, things, we're yeah. We're just not having that one here. We're just not going to have Grand Theft Auto in our house. Yeah. And, like, that's okay oh, By the okay way, that was say. the one my kids downloaded. Really? Isn't that great? That's not a good After game. After they broke into my game. They <laughs> actually broke it. it. I know. Yeah. yeah. I wish I knew how. That'd be a really cool idea. Yeah. Get them to tell you how Get to delete it. Get them to tell me how to delete it. But see, that that is um, that's just comes back to communicating. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe what we're missing, huh, as parents, is you got to have the hard conversation sometimes. It's all about the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I'm in there. And it is hard. Well, and, well, yeah, what's the impact of not having this conversation with your kids. I mean, it's going to impact them. Sure. I mean, Can't, it's, like like just like lung cancer. Yeah, 11 hours a day and <laughs> it's yeah. Lots of negative effects. Holy cow, Sarah. Wow. That's just depressing. I'm sorry. You just depressed me. But you can be a better surgeon, right? You know, I need a video game. <laughs> See, but there so there's the upside. Yeah. And I guess that's I mean, the thing about it is, is it's our greatest asset if we're using it right, right? This yeah. could this can bring relationships together. And it'll destroy us if we just let it go. You yeah. can't just let it go. Yeah. I mean, we just did a study about adolescents and their parents in video games. And parents who played with their teenage girls, mm-hmm. the girls reported less depression. They were less aggressive. They were more pro-social. Yeah. And so it's all about the context and using it smart. Dance, dance, revolution. <laughs> Right? Burns lots of calories. Burns tons of calories, but then we bond as a family. So I guess that is the key. And we'll probably end it on that, Sarah, because that's maybe that's really what this is all about. If we if you want to have a family, you gotta be a family. Mm-hmm. And to be a family, we maybe need to turn off some of the media. Yeah. Or turn it on and start participating as a family. Wow. Good stuff. Dr. Sarah Coyne, BYU Department of Family Life. Where can they reach you, Sarah, if they have questions? Uh, you can call me at 801-422-6949 or email me at smcoyne at byu.edu. Wow. Good stuff. You're great. We are for sure going to have Sarah back on the show because we have a million parenting questions and how to uh, – I'm going to just flat out ask her how to take Grand Theft Auto off my <laughs> iPhone. I don't know if I can help you with that. <laughs> Good stuff. Dr. Sarah Coyne again, BYU, Department of Family Life. Thanks for joining us. We'll come back after this break to wrap it up on the video games and the impact on our lives right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. If home energy bills these days are making you see red, stay tuned to hear about a NASA-derived technology that could paint those blues away. This is Innovation Now. In the mid-1990s, David Page of Merritt Island, Florida, formed a company called Tech Traders Incorporated. His goal was to create an effective and environmentally friendly method for insulating homes. And he used space technology to do just that. With the help of NASA's Technology Transfer Program, the company worked with engineers at NASA and other partners to develop a special paint additive called Insulad. 
Based in part on technology used for the paint on shuttle booster rockets, the product turns ordinary house paint into heat-reflecting thermal paint. The powdery additive is made up of microscopic ceramic spheres that form a radiant heat barrier when dry. The product is designed to be mixed with any off-the-shelf paint to help hold heat in, reflect heat away, and resist moisture buildup. According to tech traders, Insulad is particularly well-suited for use on metal buildings, cold storage facilities such as walk-in coolers and freezers, and mobile or modular homes. I guess you can say that even though paint with Insulad comes in a myriad of different colors, it's still always green. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Music. Easy to enjoy, but not so easy to produce. Here are the stories behind the music on the Tantara Hour, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern, here on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. I was alone, I took a ride, didn't know what I would find there. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. And uh, we're going to wrap up our discussion of video games and just kind of the, the pros, the cons. Obviously, there's benefits to it. It's interesting as I think about this. I was talking to our, um, my board operator here, Sheldon, and he was telling me earlier today that there is a – what do we call them, Sheldon? E-games? E-sports is what they're calling it. E-sports. Yeah, so basically uh, – what you've got is there's now professional leagues across the world to play video games. Uh, one of the common ones is uh, StarCraft, both StarCraft yeah. 1 and 2, uh, especially in South Korea. It's become like a national pastime. Like they have stadiums that they fill with people to watch yeah, people it's, play? It's this huge show. They yeah, have tons of people, pyrotechnics going on before they start going, and then they have this <laughs> Let's huge Let's get screen. ready to rumble. Exactly. It's, these oh, guys are treated heavens. like rock stars and are making money. And they're like teenage kids yeah. that just spend all day living in a house together playing video games and stuff. And there's on a smaller level, you see that kind of thing happening all across the world. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of collegiate-level video games, right. leagues and stuff like that. So it's kind of like it's becoming the new social it's, – it's, it's a form of socializing. It's, it it's really the is. New, and then you have all of these games where you can – I have – I can't tell you how many marriages I've coached where the wife is so sick and tired of the ability of the husband to go online – and go play, I'd probably call of duty or something like that with his brother in another state. They're wearing their headsets, they're chasing down somebody in a war scene and but you you don't take that away because this is you know, he's my brother. And this is this is me bonding with my brother. That's right. I can't lose this. You can't make me not bond with my brother because that's the only time we have is from nine to three in the morning, <laughs> two nights a week to bond. So when we think about this and we wrap up this idea, I guess it's not going away and it's not all bad as we learned from Bryce. It's not it's not all bad. It's not all good as we learned from Dr. Coyne. There has to be some restrictions. And one of the things I studied um, in my program just in um, learning how to, to get people to communicate better is 
all of our symbols in life are created by how we interact. And if we don't interact effectively, we're not creating the symbols. And as Dr. Coyne was explaining the importance of, um, you know, kind of managing this media, I wonder if we're just kind of leaving a lot of our symbols in the world up to someone else to create. We're letting um, maybe some video game decide for our children what is an appropriate amount of violence, or maybe we're letting a television show decide what our own morality, our own values are. So as I wrap up the show, can I just challenge you to, to maybe be different and to start going and taking it a little more seriously about how you go approach your own media use that we start being intentional. Like I was telling you, my kids have loaded games on my um, iPhone and my iPad that I don't even know what they are. And I don't even know how to honestly get them off my iPad because um, they're, I don't have the password for some of these. Anyway, um, so here's, I guess, my, my hope. There are ways to kind of cut out some of the media. You don't need to... You don't need to be a tyrant, but you do need to get involved. You don't have to be rude, but you do probably want to step up and start relating. If we're not relating, and the number one thing that scares me about video games is the fact that we just tend to not relate. Um, we were down at doing at a family cabin, and my son. It was kind of a. It was just a neat thing he did. He set put together an incredible family um, game tournament where we all were going to play Madden football on our Game Boy Cube thingamajig, which is how much I cared about it. And um, But my son put, up, put it up, put an entire, uh, you know, group to get groupings together. He ranked us. He put us all in, and we all started to battle each other. And um, how he seeded the teams, I'm not quite sure, but my wife, who's never played, was playing somebody that like him, who played a lot, and that didn't quite seem fair. Um, but it was really fascinating as a as a family how we all participated, we all watched, we all got engaged. How it how it changed us, and um, some uh, some of the older kids were throwing the game so the younger kids could win. Some of the younger kids were thinking that they were incredible and impervious until we destroyed them in the next round. Um, but it, what it did, and I found this, and I don't see why we can't do it more, is it brought us closer together because the symbol of the video game became something that really mattered and bonded us together. Now, that same trip, after being bonded and so close and together, the kids wanted to take the video game program, the, the, the box, and we have our car set up so you can plug stuff like that in, which probably isn't ideal. Um, and we just drove home with it for four hours. And I thought that'd be a great idea because what could be better than four hours of your kids just bonding? Well, it turned into an ugly mess. <laughs> and they were fighting and, and couldn't figure out who got to do what. Now, we don't play video or the violent video games, but, you know, it can still cause tension as well. The power maybe wasn't in um, what game we were playing. I mean, maybe you couldn't play family duty, Call of Duty. I mean, maybe that wouldn't work. Hey, mom, get him, mom, shoot him, mom. Uh, maybe that won't be the way to do it. But maybe what matters most is that your kids are getting your time. There are ways to make sure we turn our video off. Uh, some great examples, if you've got people that have cell phones, iPhones, iPads, all these things, then maybe just go do an activity at the ocean. Go do an activity at the pool. 
because it's probably going to be harder for them to use it. Have a water fight and they'll all put their phones away. Um, Maybe you need to start it in your house. Have a flood and go bail your house out. Um, But maybe I guess the key to all of this comes down to are you connecting to your kids? Are you being present? How hard is it going to be to have your kids go away finally when they're no longer going to be present? If you've had a moment to let your kids go and send them away to college, it's, it's a pretty impactful moment. And maybe if we could think ahead a little bit and try to figure out how we could connect, um, maybe our kids could be being fed by that instead of being fed by a video game that doesn't seem to care and that is so one-sided. We need to take back our families. And uh, on, as part of the show, we want to make sure we're giving you the tools and the skills to take them back. And some of those that Dr. Coyne brought up about co-viewing, it's time to sit down and start watching shows with our kids. It's time to start literally having family times when we'll put these things together. You might also want to make sure you do some of that active monitoring that she brought up, which is where you start tying down some of the loose ends, where you tell your kids specifically, you know what? People that do this go to jail, and people that do this are going to get caught. I remember sitting watching my kids play a game where they were running from a cop, and I said, you know what? In real life, you'd be caught 10 minutes ago. 10 seconds ago, because you're never going to outrun the radio. You can't outrun the radio. Um, And in reality, I think our kids need to hear that. Our kids need to hear that there's more to life than, than, than killing. There's more to life than just easy, fun downtime. Maybe they also just need to have you enjoy it with them. And so if you can find video games, I highly suggest you find some that work. Angry Birds as a family might be a great one to work. Now a lot of the, you can just pull up some of these on your, um, on your big screens and start doing stuff as a family. So I'm going to challenge you. As you leave the show today, please leave with a new change, with something you're going to do. Will you commit to one thing you'll do as a family that will slow down some of the media flow, especially the unhealthy, violent media? Let's just start turning it off. I'm pretty sure if we turn it off, they might stop making some of it. And... um, Let's try to all be a little bit better ourselves. Maybe we could all take one grade lower in the violence meter and literally say to ourselves, I'm not doing it anymore. Turn it off. Walk away from it. Quit buying it if you can. And if not, then just don't let it into um, your life, your your, your children's lives as well. That is the goal of the show. Keep listening. Tomorrow we have a lot of other tools and ideas coming at you. More stuff all week. And we are always on Twitter at BYU Radio. You can pick us up on Facebook as well, BYU Radio. And email us anytime you want. If you have a topic where you that you would like us to address specifically, Radio at gmail.com. Give us your ideas and we will take it to the experts like we did today. Thanks again for joining us. We're here every week one uh, at 3 o'clock West, uh, Mountain Time, 5 o'clock Eastern Time on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow. KBYU FM HD2 Provo. This spring, Audiophiles gives you an all-access pass behind the scenes of 13 bands. Find out what drives them, the meaning of their lyrics, and much more on Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU-TV. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired earlier this year.
The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. 